0: On this episode of Resi Week, Cedia offers free training, should integrators be essential services, and studio movies are now released at home. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry.
2: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is this AV, AV Nation. Nation. This
1: is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 215. Please talk about puppies. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by Jeremy Glowacki. He is the executive editor of Residential Tech Today. How are you, sir? I'm great. So nice to see people for a change. If you have been living under a rock, most states are in some form of lockdown other than Mr. Siakas because they don't care down there. Uh, We just got announced today that we are locking down tomorrow, which will possibly affect our next guest, Mr. Kevin Mann. He's the president of Taurus Power, just down the road from me. How are you, sir?
3: We're hanging in. It's been a stressful week but uh, we're still
0: here so. and it's monday, <laughs> and it's monday. <laughs> which is the be- and it's not even over it's we still got couple oh, hours to go today. yeah then we have john siaka he is the a partner at custom theater how are you sir i'm doing good matt how are you doing fantastic he is not in lockdown not and last in. <laughs> you, you're not not in lockdown <laughs> And last, but certainly not least, we have my good friend Dennis Berger. He's the senior editor at Home Theater Review, and he unfortunately traded his webcam for new wheels for the vet.
2: So he is not on camera, but how are you, sir? I am doing well, and you're welcome. Uh, nobody wants to see me right now because I haven't washed my hair since Friday, and I'm not wearing britches. So. I'm just visualizing that and kind of enjoying
0: it. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, let's, let's kick this off with a couple of things. First, uh, I want to touch on... Uh, this coming us to us from Residential Tech today, Cedia has offered uh, essentially free online training for pretty much their entire catalog. They're doing live uh, webcasts and a bunch of other things because people are not working. There's a second part of this I want to talk about, but Jeremy, let's start with you for just a quick second on this. Cedia was not necessarily the first person to jump in, or the first organization to jump in and, and, and do this, but. How important has it been to see you know, CDA take a leadership position in this and and say, hey, we know there's a bunch of people who can't work right now. They can't go out and and visit clients. Uh, Here's an opportunity for you to, once you've had your your people clean the shop, the showroom, and the trucks three times last week, here's something for you to do this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I said when I posted it, it was a great move uh, on their part. And it's like kind of an obvious move, but it's the, um, the right thing to do. It's only free for CDM members. I think there'd be something to be said for opening it up beyond CDM members at this point, cause things are just so extreme, but, uh, you know, for now it's, uh, it's for, for folks who are already member members and, you know, you don't have to pay anything extra for some of these courses. Um, I saw today that URC, uh, sent out an email that they're also uh, providing just links to training and I think other manufacturers are going to start doing, similar things like that just to try to keep everyone engaged and uh working on their business while they can um you know while they're not perhaps as distracted um i'm hoping that certain places are able to to keep working on projects keep finishing things up but there will become a time when starting new projects is going to be difficult um consumers are gonna put things on hold i'm i'm afraid of you know it's just the inevitable here um And uh, it's a good time to get, uh, you know, some of the things you just put off because you can't find the time during the day to do it, frankly.
0: And unfortunately, training usually falls under that. Part of what makes this such a big deal is the fact that, you know, Kevin, it was announced about 30 minutes ago that Ontario and Quebec are stopping all essential businesses have to shut down as of Tuesday. So really, even before this posts. Uh, Tuesday at midnight, Michigan announced late yesterday, shelter at home, California, uh, Indianapolis, or sorry, Indiana, Illinois, there's a there's a slew of states that are doing this, uh, as well as provinces. Kevin, what is this going to do for you as a manufacturer? Um, I'd like to think that you're essential, you're, you're, your power conditioning is essential to me, but <laughs> what does this mean as a manufacturer? for yourself, for, for other manufacturers as essentially the government is starting to dictate what businesses can stay open through this.
3: Yeah. You know, it's hard. It would be hard to argue that what we do is essential. Um, but that said our partner factory here in Toronto does make, uh, uh, products for the medical, uh, equipment manufacturers. Um, there's a possibility that they could be declared uh, an essential uh, manufacturing company, um, and we do have a partner facility in Northern California who uh, is working on a large uh, project right now with Pacific uh, Gas, and um, they were declared on Friday an essential manufacturing company. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, My understanding that the Cedia integrators uh, were also kind of deemed to be essential, which I think is a good thing for for people that are having to make changes right now in terms of their working environment and having to be uh, uh, working out of their home when they're used to uh, working out of an office environment. But uh, there's a lot of changes coming with regards to this. For our business in particular, um, it's really hour to hour right now for us. even if the manufacturing facility in Toronto is declared an essential service, uh, it could very well be that it gets closed down anyway, uh, just for the safety of the people in the factory. Um, so for us, um, you know, it could mean that we're on pause for a little while. And, um, you know, our hope in that case is that we can, uh, you know, we can do our best to to minimize the impact of this and, and Try to get things reopened as quickly as possible. Um, it's hard to really say beyond that, Matt. What uh, you know? What's likely? Um, you know, we're we're really just waiting and you know, wait and see, and an hour by hour right now. To be honest,
0: yeah, I understand that. John, I want to come to you on this. As Kevin alluded to, and this was reported in CE Pro, that the federal government has labeled integrators as essential, critical infrastructure workers. Uh, Department of Homeland issued those guidelines saying that uh, essentially you can continue to install in home offices during this coronavirus uh, situation. Now, obviously, uh, essential means something different depending who you talk to. For somebody who is working in a state where this has not necessarily come down yet, you're, you're not locked down, you guys are still operating business as normal. It, it, once this changes, or if this changes for you in your state, is this something where you'll Take that as a badge and say, "Hey, we're essential. We're allowed to be out and doing stuff." Will you start to, you know, look at that differently and and, and continue to work even though you've got that, uh, you know, work stoppage slash on the, you know, on the flip side, you have the essential uh, services stipulation.
4: I it's it's a difficult question because we're we're not there yet. Um, I guess I, we'd have to look at it you know, on a case by case business, you know, talk to our installers and see how they feel. I mean, obviously if, if they're uncomfortable doing something, we're not going to ask them to do something that they're uncomfortable. And if the homeowner is uncomfortable with us coming over, you know, kind of seeing that um, a little bit as well. Um, even though, the, you know, I'd mentioned off air, we have very, very few cases where I live so far, but I had a, a guy the other morning, you know, we had an appointment. I called him that morning to confirm that he still wanted me to come over He said, yes, come over. I drove all the way out to his house. He met me on his front porch and said, I don't want you to come in. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, man, this is something you could have told me 40 minutes ago (laughs) when we were on the phone. Um, But we are getting actually several calls on people that have come down here. They're going to be homeschooling their kids for the next however long amount of time. And they've asked us to come in, make sure the network is all up and working, improve the network. We're, We're getting, you know, quite a few calls like that. So it's difficult, you know. As a business owner, you know one of my top tier concerns is my guys, and you know if if we close down, you know not all of them can weather you know weeks without getting a paycheck or whatever that might would be. Um, you know when we had the economic problems years ago, um, we were really transparent. We opened up our checkbook and showed our team this is how much money that the company has this is how long we think it will last and this is what we're going to do to keep the doors open as long as possible but we made a commitment to them that we were going to pay them 20 hours a week you know whether that was sitting in a chair and you know training brushing up on stuff cleaning the vans whatever or it was out working we were going to guarantee them at least 20 hours a week even if it was just eating those 20 hours um so um I, I, you know, if we come to the point where, you know, we're like New York or California and, you know, I'm sure that we'll, we'll have to revisit, you know, what we want to do, but it, it will start with what do my employees feel comfortable doing? And if, when they tell us they're no longer comfortable working, then that will probably um, make the decision for us.
0: Gotcha. Very good. Dennis. uh... I'm, I'm not totally heartless, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think you were okay. yet. <laughs> As you were talking continually, all I kept hearing was the heartless song in my head. Yeah. <laughs> that was just rolling through. Now, the new Morgan Wallen version, so it's a little updated. But, you know, Dennis, you're someone who spends a lot of time kind of working out of your home office. Yes. As you see this, again, being someone who's used to working from home. Yeah. And kind of you, you have a gig where you can work from home. hmm as you're seeing, kind of the news roll out, you're 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 you know, seeing some of the stuff in some of the integration forums and stuff on Facebook and and things like that, where, you know, as I kind of had mentioned to John, there, there's there's integrators wearing this essential badge as yeah, we can still work, we can get out there and do stuff. Does that give you like Does that give you pause? Does that concern you, or is it something where, you just kind of got to do what you got to do? If if you can make money in this situation, take advantage and make money.
2: It gives me serious pause. Um, a lot of people don't know about this about me, but I was, I was almost a biologist. Um, it's, it's always been one of my passions and it's still a major hobby of mine. And so I, um, I'm super into epi- epidemiology, virology and things like that. Uh, there, there's, I've been looking at a couple of models as as John was talking. I specifically looked at projection models for South Carolina and I <laughs> uh, no, it's because that's, that's where, that's where John is. is. Um, yeah. and, and looking at sort of the, what is coming and can you see it coming? And the reality of it is South Carolina is not now in nearly as bad a shape as, as anybody else. But like right now, if South Carolina does not change course by March 25th to March 30th, if it's an estimate, this model's a little rough, then their ho- hospitals are looking to be uh, overwhelmed by either April 8th or April 24th, depending on what they do. And so a lot of people don't think about the fact that the actions we take today are affecting what happens two weeks from now. We're kind of living two weeks in the past with this, with this crisis and that's, not what a, that's what a lot of people don't realize about it. So if you look at South Carolina in particular, you know, it scoots along at nothing, 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 nothing. Oh crap, we're overwhelmed. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize, and that's the danger of this, is when you've got a a, a virus like this that is spreading exponentially, then whatever you do right now is, is if you do what you need to do, it's gonna look like you're overreacting, right? And then in the rearview mirror, it's going to look like an underreaction because we have no idea how bad this thing is going to be until it's on top of us. Um, like I said, just looking at these projections, if, if South Carolina takes no action, then on April 24th, they're going to have 111,000 111, hospitalizations by April 24th. If they just start taking the whole social distancing thing seriously, then by May 14th, they'll have 44,000. Um, on the other hand, if they were to issue a shelter in place, you know, model like New York and, and California are doing, then by May 18th, they're only going to have 1100 hospitalizations. So it, it, it's a problem. People just don't understand epidemiology. They don't understand uh, exponential spread. And so I'm really, really concerned. Really so, concerned.
0: so let me kind of ask any of you, anybody jump in is this something where we as an industry should be taking a stronger step? And yes, we've got, you know, we're part of the essential services division, just like Home Depot. So you can go get your plywood and get an integrator. Um, should we be taking that as, you know, again, a yes, we can get out there and still work. Or should we be looking at this as a, you know what, you're going to be okay if your theater doesn't get finished, (laughs) or if your multi room audio, uh, you know, if you just need to pick up a couple, you know, play ones from us, we'll drop them off at your door so that you have some music in your house. Uh, Unless it's, you know, one of those situations like I had last week, where I was sending people out to help get home offices up and running for large companies that had a you know, employees that all of a sudden needed to do what we're doing right now in video conference from home. Where's the balance in that?
2: Boy, that's a good question. And I don't think anybody knows, but I think you're right that this industry needs to be doing something to take it more seriously. Because look, the more people that you interact with that are taking it seriously, the more likely you are to take it seriously. Um, it's as simple as that. And if you call an integrator and realize that they're coming up to your house and they're like, oh, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, man, I'll put your Atmos speakers in. Yeah, just hang on. Then you're more likely to be like, oh, this is no big deal. Whereas if you call them and they're like, yeah, we're going to come and hook up your router, but we're going to be wearing a hazmat suit, then they're more likely to think, oh, I need to be cautious. So. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I've talked
1: to um, some folks across the country and integration world, and, you know, you you have varying degrees of, uh, oh, this is getting serious. Um, You know, I was asking a very lightweight question for our magazine that's going to come out in a couple months, you know, trying to not be focused entirely on this topic. And it was hard to get anyone, um, everyone was very polite, but people on the West Coast about a week and a half ago, we're like, dude, we're, we're in the middle of this right now. I'd love to help you out, but I'm trying to figure out how to keep my employees you know, um, you know, safe and fed. Uh, and then you know, I talked to you know, someone more in John's situation where it hadn't really reached the, that severity. Um, but I've talked to some others who are like, yeah, we are taking it very seriously, but we've got some you know, clients that need our help. So what we do is we, you know, we wipe everything down that we touch and we have, you know, our feet covered. You know, the whole thing that usually our our industry is very polite and good about not stomping around in boots and houses, right? So now you just take that to another level as far as, you know, keeping things, um, you know, from getting germs on them or virus on them. So uh, it, it's it's definitely not something you know, you want to be uh, casual about at all. And I think that most people aren't going to want to invite someone into their home just because of the risk of it. Um, But those who are willing to roll the dice, I guess they just, you know, you need to take that little extra step.
0: I I will say that our, our current policy as of, you know, mid last week was gloves everywhere, masks, if you can, uh, just because it's hard to find masks right now uh, booties, sanitizer, you know, all the, the whole kick and the response from clients has either been, Oh, thank you very much. Or, Oh, it's fine. Came here. I want to give you a hug. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, we're, we're, we're good today. Let's change topics a a little bit for a second. Um, everyone's been reporting this, John, you wrote a great article on this. Uh, it it's it's, was, I I think kind of initially, uh, reported on by Engadget that universal, is releasing movies in the theaters at or technically in the theaters at the same time that they are at home. Uh, I chuckle in that because our theaters have been shut down for about a week now. So nothing's been released, but if you haven't followed this, this is, and John, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time that they have ever done a, like a major studio has done a release in theater, quote unquote. And, direct download or something beyond, again, some of those uh, obscure, incredibly expensive solutions. What do you see happening with this, John, as far as, obviously it's cool. It's great for about 20 bucks. I believe you can go download and and watch a, a new film that was supposed to come to theaters today, tomorrow, next week. What is this going to do for, those theaters, those, those studios, are they going to lose their shirts on these, on these movies? We watched bond get pushed back uh, a couple of weeks ago. Will they lose? Will do you think this will become a, you know, a movie that just dies or movies that just die?
4: It, it's a great question. It's it could be a billion dollar question for some of the studios and I'm sure that they sat around a table and crunched the numbers. Um, and tried to figure out what are we going to lose? Can we just wait until the theaters reopen? When will that be? What's that going to do with the movies that are scheduled to come out? You know, picking a theater release, like a movie release date can be something that happens years in advance. And oftentimes those are dates that are locked down and are not easily moved and changed. And, you know, you look at some of these things like fast and furious nine is pushing more than a year out because that was the next time they felt that they could put it in the theaters. So I think you're going to see huge tentpole films like the James Bonds, like the Mulans. I think you'll see those being held back and pushed to whatever date they can get another advantageous theatrical release. For the movies that were imminently dropping or that had already dropped, you know, I think that was a much bigger conversation. I mean, to me, the biggest one by far, to, to, to for this to happen to so far is um, Disney Pixar's Onward mm. which they released on Friday and that was a movie that probably would have made a billion dollars <coughs> um, and it had been in the theater for two weeks it was the number one movie at the time it had made over a hundred million dollars so certainly on track to do fantastically but then all of a sudden you know that pipeline is just turned off completely so now the, the, I'm sure the question at Disney was can we put it out now and recoup some of our money from this, and you know. But you know, I I just had a conversation with somebody about this exact thing about an hour ago. And with a movie like Onward, you likely have people that were going to see that in the theater, which our family would have done. We see every Pixar movie, and then we would have bought it. So basically, it would be double dipping. So now, with it coming out for 19.99 which is less than, you know, the, the 4k release would have been.
0: No, that's just a rental though, right?
4: No, that's a purchase. That's the purchase. It's a purchase. The other ones are rentals for right now. Uh, All the, all the universal ones are rentals. Um, the Disney is a purchase, um, for, for them, you know, now they're, it's going to be a single dip for most people. Um, or it's going to come out to their streaming service in two weeks. So it's going to be a free, it's going to be free for people. So, um, My my family owns Disney stock, so we've been watching that. And, I mean, it it went from a high of 140 to down to 81. I mean, I'm sure that they're saying, what can we do to to help something to make some positive news? But um, what I think you'll see is I think you'll see these massive films, the ones that the studios are banking on. Like, you know, Bond, MGM does not have a lot of other movies in the pipeline. They're not going to screw this up. So to them, it was an easy decision. We're going to push this. But you can see the release window. It's not like we're going to push it to July or August. They had to go to November because that's when they could find another date that worked. Yeah. But these smaller films, um, where I, I think that they're gonna start taking a gamble. And I think they're gonna get a lot of interesting data from this. And will this move the, you know, early release window market up? You know, will they say, hey, look, we can take some of these movies and we can put them out at home for nineteen ninety nine and still make you know, basically all of the money to the studios instead of, you know, sharing it around however they normally do. Um, you know, the next, the next big one to come out, I think is tomorrow is um, Bloodshot something, yeah. the Vin Diesel yeah. movie. And again, that was going to be another mega blockbuster movie. Um, but it was a thing where they had put all this money into the advertising, you know, that money is spent and money's committed. Now what? You got to do something with it. Um, so, but the first as you were alluding to, the very first day and date title will be the new Trolls movie, um, which will open on the 10th. And you know, if theaters are open by then, uh, not even air quotes, just open. <laughs> uh, it, if theaters are open on the 10th, it will it would be it would come out theatrically. But it will also that will be the first major title, to my knowledge, that will be available day and date at home in a studio. And before I just dominate this combination of somebody else, one of the things that I find it so Intriguing about this is Universal was one of the initial um, investing partners of Prima Cinema, mm-hmm. which was one of these crazy high-end um, movie-at-home um, products. And um, the Prima Cinema hardware was $35,000. And all it did was authenticate you to be able to watch these movies you know, and, and a hard drive. And then the movies were $500 of viewing. So now we have the same studio that required you to have a $35,000 piece of hardware and spend $500 of viewing, letting you watch that movie on an Apple TV or a Roku stick for nineteen ninety-nine, And that is a gobsmack of a change.
0: So speaking of that change, and just before we do that, John, in your state, are theaters open?
4: I don't think so. Okay. Again, I don't want you to get thrown. You know, I'm not. I'm not running cavalier through crowds, high fiving and hugging. Um, <laughs> we uh, we're, we're certainly being careful, um, and people are definitely socially distant. Um, you know, in my neighborhood, people are walking around, and as you approach people, there's this huge, you know, crossing the street. So <laughs> so people are, people are, are are being careful. But um, restaurants are closed uh, for for takeout only. Um, movie theaters are closed. My gym just closed on Friday. (laughs) Um, So we're we're starting to see, we're starting to see businesses um, shutting down, but um, a lot of, you know, like retail, I know um, Best Buy, the store is open, but Best Buy ceased all in-home services. Um, So you could, you could go to Best Buy and pick something up, um, but you can't, uh, they they won't do any in-home services. Um, like in stores like Walmart, which are traditionally open twenty-four hours a day, they're curtailing their hours um, now. You can't shop from <laughs> from eleven p.m. to five a.m. <laughs> for all your grocery needs. Um, what are you gonna do? I know. God got it. <laughs> um. So, although funny story, one time we did run there at four in the morning to get a birth control test. We just couldn't stand it. We had to know. Um. But uh. Um. Um. So but theaters to my knowledge are all closed. And I think, I think that was a, that's a chain decision. And like yeah. when AMC says we're closing, I, I think they all close.
0: I, I have no idea how to segue off the birth control at 4am <laughs> so, uh,
3: so, so one, We, we one, weren't by the way. <laughs> one way it might be to consider the fact that, uh, you know, down the road, we're looking at um, a baby boom of monumental proportions coming. <laughs> <laughs> no hockey, no basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no baseball,
0: there's, there's, no spring training. So. There's a joke there, but I don't want to make it. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis, let me let me come to you for a second. I kind of want to see this model maintained. I want to see this become part of maybe not the norm, but part of the norm. Sure. My my wife and I, we've got three kids under you know five and under. We don't go to the movies. It it just Like I think I think we've seen three movies since we had my son. This is an awesome thing for me. I will spend 20 bucks to run a movie all day long if it's something that's in theater. Is this if this changes and becomes part of the norm, is this something that you see that could become the renaissance, if you will, for home theater? Is this something that will drive that into most families, most people? Want to actually have a, a a good system, not necessarily an expensive system, but a good system, more than just a big TV and a cheesy soundbar.
2: Well, you know, I can say this: at Home Theater Review, we're seeing our traffic go up. At Cinelux, we're seeing our traffic go up. There's definitely more interest in it. In terms of is this the new normal or will it be? I mean, I think that's it's it's going to be. You know, Hollywood has always kind of said, we can't do this. We can't do this. We're going to make the theaters mad. We can't do this. We can't do this. Well, this is proof they can do it. It's just a matter of, you know, the will and the emergency, I guess. And so I think once people get used to this, once this is all over with, certainly some people are gonna want to go back to the movie theater again but I think a lot of people are gonna be like you know I liked that whole 20 bucks at home thing <laughs> you know and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see the the, the overall impact on Hollywood's numbers in terms of cinematic releases um and uh, you know commercial cinema releases so I I think yeah I think you I look uh on Friday I think it was yeah on Friday I had four different people uh, message me on Facebook and go, Hey, what, what I need to get a better TV. What TV should I buy? Do I, do I need 75 inches or could I do 65 inches? And so like I was tech support all afternoon for my friends, like how far are you sitting from your TV? You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You need a 75 inch. And so, yeah, I, I, I think it could be, I, I, I hate that it's under these circumstances, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I mean, the the, the, uh, the the singular form of data is not anecdote but anecdotally speaking I'm just seeing a lot of personal interest amongst my friends who are like oh it's time to take this whole home theater thing seriously so yeah I think it could
4: uh, Matt real quick I think yeah. one of the things that's so different about this is is that traditionally that that relationship between studio and, and theater owner that you know NATO, the National Association of theater owners, I wouldn't say that it's contentious, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of kind of push and pull there and they realize they, they kind of need each other. And what's, what's unique in this situation is none of the theaters are open. So by releasing it at home, they're not hurting anyone. So it's a really unique test because the theater, the theater owners have no pushback because they, they're not being hurt. You know, so um, I feel like, you know, we'll get a lot of data out of that. And this would be fantastic if it does help to move the needle. But I kind of feel like when it's over, the theater owners will go right back to we need our six week window or or whatever it is. Um, And, you know, if we don't get that, we're not going to show your movie.
2: Yeah, but um, I don't think that I don't know if that argument is going to fly with John Doe because John Doe is going to go. Well, I mean, you, you made it work when it when this happened, <laughs> like so you yeah, can still John make Doe, it work, you know. John John Doe, the public has
4: no input on this.
1: Yeah, yeah right. and John Doe is also going to be a lot more distracted once everything is passed. You know, the, the this data is really not even going to be that accurate probably because. Yeah. What else do we have to do? I
4: mean, again, John, if you asked, if you asked the common person on the street, Hey, if you never had to go to the movie theater again and could buy a movie at home for $19, would you like to do that? The, oh man, of course. It's not up to the public. It's up to the studios and the theater owners ultimately. No, but and- doesn't,
0: doesn't this become kind of the same conversation that the, the, the music industry went through where, It was, you had to go to the record store. You had to go buy your CD, buy your vinyl, buy whatever in a store. You couldn't download it. You couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden they flipped it and it became something where you could get it online. And and I'm talking legally, not even anything
4: else. It's dollars and cents. I mean, if, if Disney finds out, Hey, we can release soul brothers or soul or whatever the next movie is called. Uh, at home and make our our billion dollars that we were going to make in the cinema and make our X hundred million that we were going to do on disc release. I I don't think there's any question they would do that. Um, But I think that the theatrical model for bringing in those hundreds and hundreds, even billions of dollars worldwide is currently still where it's at. And I, I think no matter how much the public wanted, and I think that the public would, most people would be like, yes, I would love to be able to watch star Wars at home on opening
2: night for 20 bucks. But I also, the one thing I would say is, I mean, I agree with you that in terms of the decision itself, the public has no power in this, but the power that they do have is just to be like, yeah, yeah, no, I'll wait.
3: Well, they've <laughs> yeah. always had
2: that. I mean, you've yeah. always had that power. I right. mean,
3: okay. Wouldn't some of this really go to revenues, So in terms of, uh, you know, how many people are going to go and see a movie where, you know, is it's three, four, five people that would share that $20 purchase that might be spending the money in the movie theater. So is it is it going to reduce the revenues for the... Uh,
0: but, but that's my question for you, Kevin, is is if you watch this and, and yeah, the revenue will change and that model will evolve. But if this is you know, to, to Dennis's point way, way back. If this is something where we come out of it and go, wow, we were not aggressive enough. We should have shut stuff down faster, you know, wider and longer. If this is something where this goes on for three months, four months, six months, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to, you'll barely get me in an airplane, let alone into a theater for kicks and giggles for the (laughs) next year. I'm just not going to do it. But it'll change. It it um, your feeling
3: your feeling on how you would socialize, um, you know, what you're thinking about today, will be different than three months after this is over, or six months after this is over. And and people will go back to some normal habits, and and you know there will be some pent up uh, frustration and, and pent up demand for for socializing as well, whether it be you know things like parties or. Let's go to the movies because we haven't been able to do that for a while. Um, you know, I, I think the studios rely on on the movie theaters for revenues uh, to be able to drive the people. And, and I don't know that they could recoup the same numbers uh, by not having the theaters there. So I, I think they need each other in, in that aspect. But, um, yeah, we, we're thinking today, okay, we can't do this. We have to cross the street when we see somebody coming and walking down the same sidewalk because of social distancing. But you know, there will be a time where we want to give that person a hug because we can, mm-hmm. and, and that'll be pent up in all of us. And, and I think when, when we get to the point where we can actually release and show those emotions, there's going to be a lot of emotions out there about, you know, what we've all been through, how we've done this together. And, and hopefully, at that point, how we've overcome this together as a society.
2: And I don't nef- I don't necessarily think that it's going to be this current crisis that is going to impact our future behavior so much as it is the resurgence, if there is a resurgence. Because if you look at other coronavirus, I'm sorry, if I get too geeky, guys, just tell me to <laughs> shut up. But if you look at other coronaviruses like MERS and SARS and things like that, they went through a life cycle where they mutated to the point that they became ineffective. They basically committed suicide. Um, the COVID-19 is going to mutate. The question is, is it going to do the same thing? Is it going to mutate to the point to where it can't really effectively uh, infect people anymore? Or is it going to mutate to the point to where it's worse? So what's going to happen is we're going to go through this period of social distancing now. We're all going to stay in our houses and have the quarantines and whatever, and it's going to go away. And then in the fall, if this thing doesn't kill itself, it's going to come back and it's going to come back worse. And we're going to be like, crap, we just went through this and we're now going through it again. And it could be even deadlier. And I think that it's that second outbreak in next fall, next winter, that if it happens is going to permanently change our behavior more so than this. And on that, like super uplifting note,
0: (laughs) sorry, (laughs) sorry, No, but it, it, it is a, it is a good point. And you know, this is one of those things where I, I keep telling my wife, if this lasts two weeks, then it's not going to change behavior. It's not going to change anything. But if this lasts six months, it, it will, don't laugh at me, John.
4: <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. You're
0: laughing at me, man. <laughs> it, 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 it has that potential to change the way we do business though, to change the way we live. And I think that's the, that's the real important side that I, I keep seeing in the industry chats and, and things that I'm involved in, is people trying to figure out how to evolve. Uh, so let's let's wrap it there, and, and we'll we'll leave Dennis as the the highlight of the day. <laughs> oh no! Somebody talk about puppies,
2: please.
1: <laughs> so, on a lighter note, did does anybody watch TV now or movies and see people together and go? They're really too close together. <laughs> or, or like, I heard a song yesterday that was streaming and the guy said something about taking his girlfriend out to dinner. And I'm like, wow, what a, what a nice. long ago time that was, you know? Like, it,
0: it does feel like I'm living in like a Netflix alternate reality TV mm-hmm. show thing where, you know, we were driving over to my parents' house last night for dinner. And because we see them all the time. So they're in our social circle before you send me hate mail um, or they're in our quarantine circle, if you will. And, uh, I I pass a group of like 11 people walking down the street and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wait, that's one too many. You got to leave that kid home. You can't do that (laughs) there. Are you happy, Dennis? (laughs) On on that note of me talking about leaving a child at home, not mine, somebody else's just to be clear. Right. Uh, let's, (laughs) let's wrap it up there. Thank you all so much for joining me. On this this fun show, uh, Jeremy, if people want to connect with you, learn more about, and read everything that's on Residential Tech Today because they ain't got anything else to do, where can they do that? Yeah, ResTechToday.com, and please subscribe
1: to the magazine and get the digital edition or print if you'd like. We still do that. So, thanks for having me.
0: Of course, Kevin, my friend. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Taurus Power, where can they do that?
1: So TaurusPower.com,
3: that's T-O-R-U-S Power.com. And uh, thanks also for uh, letting me be a part of this today.
0: Anytime, my friend. Mr. Siaka, if people want to connect with you, uh, learn more about your company, but also everything that you write and pontificate about online, where can they do that?
4: Uh, Twitter, uh, Siaka Tweets, um, probably, probably the best one.
0: That's it. That's all you want. That's all you want to plug. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say the one time you gave me like a two word answer. <laughs>
4: I know. I was going to say they're welcome to swing by my store for a personal demonstration, but <laughs> I felt like that might would uh, not be the right closer. <laughs> just a
0: bit too far. Yeah. just. Too much. <laughs> Dennis, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. If thank people you. want to connect with you uh, follow up on, on what you're writing about these days, where can they do that?
2: Well, I am not writing about the apocalypse at uh, Residential Tech today, uh, along with Jeremy. Uh, I'm also at CineLux, that is CineLux.com, and HomeTheaterReview.com.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you again for myself. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit AVNation.tv, where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We're extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Razzie Week.